0: to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. We are live today for the first time in a few weeks. We've had basketball games on Tuesday nights where I've been coaching over at St. Joe's the past couple weeks, so it's nice to actually be live on the air, not just live to tape. So we only have a couple left this year because it is Advent and Christmas is coming very soon, and then, then it's the end of the year. This year has gone by so, so very quickly. I was sitting around thinking the other day that... This has probably been the fastest year ever. Just, things just move so very, very quickly. And I think a lot of times like life just moves fast for us, especially in this Christmas season, uh, this Advent season, getting ready for Christmas. Everybody's shopping and traveling and, and finishing up school and finishing up work. And it's just a very, very, very busy time. Um, December, I think, is probably one of the busier months of our year. And I was thinking about this the other day because Advent's coming to a close. We've been, we're in week four. Congratulations, we made it um, you, with all your hard work. The calendar kept moving, and you kept breathing. Congratulations, you made it this far. Um, I'm, 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 hoping and praying that we can all make it until uh, December 25th. We can, we can all make it a few more days. So. But Advent's hard. Advent comes in a time where the church is telling us to slow down and our society is telling us to speed up. we got to get all this stuff done. We have to get all the perfect presents made. We have to um, get our plans set. We have to do all this traveling and the worst traffic of, all, of the year. Um, and it's a hard thing to do. Um, we're also coming up on a time of the year where we're going to be making New Year's resolutions, right? Um, so it's funny because we're right in between two New Year's. Well, the beginning of Advent is the Catholic New Year. It's where we, our, our calendar restarts and it's a time where we focus. On our spiritual life, we focus on preparing our hearts for Jesus to come um, into our hearts, for Him to come again, and just to kind of start our year off well. Um, but it's it's actually kind of funny. I think God planned it this way, even though New Year's New Year's Day on our calendar was isn't necessarily part of our uh, of our liturgical calendar. I think it's brilliant because God knows that we we can come out of the gate strong, and our Advent come out strong. And then a month later, we need another kick in the pants, right? Like we have to start over again to kind of refocus and recenter. So whatever New Year's you're celebrating, whether it's Advent a couple of weeks ago or it's, or it's just coming up New Year's here in, here in a week or so, um, I want to talk about how we can return to the Lord and how we can continue to to do this, even though we fall, because we t- we talked last week about you know being the p- the pink candle, the rose candle Sunday, where w- we have that focus on joy in the middle of Advent, because we need that little extra shot, that little extra burst of energy to continue striving for uh, for preparing for Christmas. And I I think one of the things that keeps us down is like we'll slip up once, like for for Advent we'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to pray every day, and then we miss one day, and they're like, well. There goes that. It was a nice sentiment, but I'm now a bad person, so um, I'm going to go ahead and stop, stop doing that now. And I think a lot of times, so often, we fall down, and then we, 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 we can't pick ourselves up, or we try to pick ourselves up, and it doesn't work. And I think one of the big things that, that causes this is, is our guilt or our shame, where we're, we get so down on ourselves, it's like, okay, um, I need to fix this, and then I can come back to God. And I think what happens is, it's a lot of times, um, so I know there's a ton of hockey fans here in Texas, right? Uh, n- no, not really, but uh, you, you've probably heard of hockey. It's one of my one of my favorite things about hockey. So I, I grew up in Southern Texas. I wasn't the biggest hockey fan, Well, then I moved up to Ohio for a year. I was waiting tables, and, and the, the the Penguins the Pittsburgh Penguins their hockey team are a big deal up there so I got into watching hockey because I was waiting tables during hockey games and the game was on and my favorite thing about the sport is that there's this thing called the penalty box so, if you do something illegal against the rules, instead of, like, if you do something illegal in basketball, like, they get two free throws, right? Like, they go to the line, everybody stands there, you get two shots by yourself. If you do something uh, illegal in, in, in soccer, there's, like, a penalty kick where you get one free kick and there's people standing there, it's really funny to watch. Um, if you do something real bad, you get kicked out of the game or whatever. But, like, even for the most basic fouls, the most basic thing in soccer... Adult grown men get sent to timeout for two minutes. It's it's the funniest thing in the entire world. They go into this penalty box and they have to sit there and watch as the rest of their team plays, and uh, like they don't get a substitute. <laughs> so if if they have you know six people on the on on the ring, and one goes out, they're playing with five people. So it's like when when you were a kid and like oh you're in timeout and you have to sit there and think about what you did and watch all your friends play. That's what they do to a, a grown adult men in hockey. And I think a lot of times we, we as Christians put ourselves in the penalty box, um, just, like, just like they get put in the penalty box in hockey, where it's like, oh, I messed up, I sinned, I didn't uh, follow through on this promise that I made to God myself, uh, so I'm going to put myself in the penalty box. I'm just going to sit here, I'm going to wait, I'm going to punish myself, and I'm just going like, to f- wait until I can get doing well again, and then I can go back on the rink and, and have a relationship with God. But that's not really how we were built. It's not how God created us. God knew that we were going to sin. Like When you were born, he was like, yep, there's a sinner. And I love it. <laughs> he, he knew that. He set all this up knowing that we were going to sin. We were going to mess up. We were not going to be able to fulfill all of our, all of our promises that we make to God. Yet he loves us anyway, but we still keep ourselves in that penalty box, trying to work towards it and trying to to make it to where we put ourselves back in right relationship with god when in in, in all effects, we can 't do that i mean that 's what we 're celebrating at this christmas time right we 're celebrating a little baby coming into a manger to fix a problem that we as, as humanity couldn 't fix on our own so just real quickly this the basic story of Christianity. So there are two people that were created. God created them. They were in perfect relationship, perfect harmony with God. And then Satan came, a serpent came and, and um, convinced them to eat, to do the one thing that God told them not to do. They did that. So punishment came. They got kicked out of the garden. They, got, they were no longer in perfect relationship with God because of their sin. But even from the beginning, God promised that he was going to send someone to put them back in right relationship with him, to mend what was broken in the Garden of Eden. And you fast forward 2,000, 3,000 years later, this little baby born in a manger is the fulfillment of that promise. So it's, uh, Christmas is essentially a reminder of how dumb the idea is that we are putting ourselves in the penalty box. That we think we can do it all on our own because Christmas is the reminder that of God telling us, telling his people, look, you created a problem, this sin problem, and you couldn't fix it on your own. You couldn't fit, fix the effects of it. We needed a savior and that savior was born 2000 years ago. So here's your little joyous Christmas story of the year, building everybody up. So what I want to do in this first segment here is to encourage you, um, whether, no matter where you are in your Advent, if your Advent has been great, and you're gung-ho, and you're so ready for Jesus to come, or if you're like, oh, wait, it's Advent? How did I miss that? I've been so busy. Or if you started Advent strong, and over the past couple of weeks, it's, you, you've been kind of slacking off a little bit. I just want to encourage you to, no matter where you are, to invite God in. God, I want to prepare for you. I want your help in preparing for you. And and not sitting around in this shame and guilt of, oh, I could have done better. So how I want to do that is not just to say, for me to say it, but to look at some scriptures uh, to encourage you in this. And it's funny because this, this first scripture doesn't sound too encouraging at the beginning, but I promise it will be. So it's Galatians chapter three, and it's Paul um, talking to the Galatians. says, you foolish Galatians, very encouraging, right? You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? He says, after beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? So what he's saying is like, look, they accepted Christ. They're living in the spirit. And then all of a sudden they're trying to go back to this, to this over this like trying to, to put on airs and trying to work so hard that they've forgotten about the spirit. They've forgotten about the meaning of what, it, of, of Jesus coming to, to set them free and to save them from their sins. Um, we also need to like not listen to the, to the accuser. That's that's Satan's job is to accuse people is to accuse you to just look at your sin and try to boil you down just to your sin and not who you are in God. In revelation, the last book of the Bible, chapter 12, verse 10 says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying now the salvation, the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah have come. For the one who accuses our brothers, who accuses them day and night in the presence of our God, has been thrown out. So what Revelation is, is it's a looking forward at the future of G- when Jesus comes. It's this, it's this vision of heaven. So in this section, it's, it's talking about whenever Jesus comes and he, and he defe- defeats Satan for the final time and, and casts him out. The one who's accusing me of my sin, the one who's accusing you and trying to keep you in your guilt, so that you you won't um, realize who you are as a, as a child, a beloved son or daughter of God, like he's going to be done for. I, I heard this thing the other day um, uh, in a song. It said, you know, like if you, if the devil tries to tell you about your past, tries to make you focus just on your sin and focusing on on the wrong you've done, tell him about his future because it doesn't look too pretty, right? Like in the like, we already know it has been promised. Just like it was promised that God would send His Son in a manger, it that happened. He also promised that He's going to come back again to finish that battle, to finish that war, and to save His people and for us to be in perfect union with Him for for the rest of eternity. So the one who's accusing you right now, who, who's who's trying to beat you up and and push you down, he's already been defeated. So claim that victory that Jesus won for you and and to live in that freedom, free of guilt, free of shame. So let's talk about this guilt for a second, because like, okay, Taylor, that sounds all nice. I'll just get rid of my guilt, but I've, you know, had a guilty conscience for my entire life, right? So what what do we do with that? Because what guilt is, is really just like this flashlight going off in our head, like wrong, 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 wrong. (laughs) You did something wrong, right? So that's not a bad thing. Like having that guilt, that, that fire alarm go off, that's not a bad thing, but it's when we stay in that, it's whenever we get stuck in that, that it, because all that does is lead down a dark road. Whenever we're just focusing on our guilt, focus on the things we've done wrong, we're going into the darkness. When, when God created us for the light and he brought Jesus to be the light in our darkness. So I want to challenge you in the, in this and at the end of this Advent season, as we're preparing for Christmas, like in whatever darkness the, the evil ones trying to make you focus on on your past sins, on your on your um your current sins, on 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 uh, anything that you think you're a failure at. Whatever darkness, allow Christ the light of the light of God go into that darkness. Because what what the using guilt in a good way. It's like turning guilt into conviction. Because like I, when I feel guilty, I like recoil into myself. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody about why I feel guilty. But when I'm convicted of something, it pushes me forward. It's like, okay, I've sinned. I sinned. I'm convicted. I need to go to confession. I need to make reparation for my sin. If I, you know, if I punch my producer, Jake, in the face, I, I, and I feel convicted about it, I need to go to confession and then also go apologize to Jake and probably buy him an ice cream cone or something. That seems like a pretty, pretty fair trade, I think a punch for an ice cream. What do you think? So um, uh, Paul talks about this in his letter to the second letter to the Corinthians in chapter seven. He says, now I rejoice, not because you were grieved, not because you felt guilty, but because your grief led to repentance for you were grieved as God willed so that you didn't experience any loss from, from us for godly grief produces repentance, not to be regretted and leading to salvation. But worldly grief produces death. So the, the, he says it right here, and he puts he puts them out, and he's like, it's essentially a choice that we have to make. Do we want to feel guilty and have this worldly grief, this natural grief that leads to death, or do we want to be led to salvation, be led to the light? And that's where this conviction leads us to to um, conv- be, feel conviction to feel conviction to move forward into that light. So. Um, and then I'll, I'll kind of finish up here with this, this quote from St. Maximilian Colby. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great man. I had never heard this quote until a couple of weeks ago when I, was, when I was preparing for this. He says, whenever you feel guilty, even if it's because you have consciously committed a sin, a serious sin, something you have kept doing many times, never let the devil deceive you by allowing him to discourage you. My beloved, may every fall always become for us a small step toward a higher degree of perfection. So like what he's saying is like every time that we sin is another opportunity to God to show how much he loves us for, for God to show his love for us, his mercy for us, and for us to accept that and to move forward in our relationship with him. And Ro- Romans chapter five says the same thing, you know, where we're sin increased, grace increased all the more. So like every, like, not that you know, we should sin more and more so we can get more grace, But it's like, look, in your deepest, darkest sin and your habitual sin, like that's where God wants to show his real love for you. Right. Because because it's easy for me to show love to the people that love me. But what about loving my enemies? And if you think about this, like when we sin, we're making ourselves enemies of God. So it's whenever we as enemies of God. Are loved by God even in the depths of our sin. That's where we truly know that He loves us, and we can um, continue in that. So, um, just to kind of finish up here, like <laughs> I, I, as I was preparing for this, I thought of this, you know, this this movie quote, and it's from a from a football movie. It's like you know, it's not about how hard you can hit; it's about how, how hard you can get hit and keep getting back up, right? So no matter where you are right now, if you've fallen down in this Advent, I want to convince you just to, to take those knocks and return back to God right now, no matter if you've prayed in the last 10 minutes or you haven't prayed in the last 10 years, 10 weeks. Like to, you, we always have this opportunity to return to God. And this, this Advent season of preparing to receive Christ is just such a great time to do that. And the final thing I want to say here about this light and darkness is I learned this a couple of. A couple of years ago, just about two or three years ago, so I'm you know, 27, been working workin in the church for years, grew up in the church, and I never knew why Christmas was on December 25th, and it was just, uh, I was in a grad school class, and they said, okay, well, think about John the Baptist. I was like, what, what does John the Baptist have to do with this, right? He says, well, what day was John the Baptist uh, feast day? What, what day did we celebrate his birth? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, I, bar- I barely know my birthday. Nevertheless, John the Baptist it was 2,000-something years ago. So the, the darkest day of the year, the day with the least amount of light, is December 25th. So it's in the darkest time that the light of Christ came into the world. And then every day from, from then on, the, the days get lighter and lighter and brighter and brighter and longer and longer. And that goes until John the Baptist feast day. And that's the brightest day of the year. And then for every day, every day, it de- the light decreases until Christmas day. So every year this happens over and over again. And it's because John the Baptist, it's like that scripture is saying that Jesus must increase. I must decrease. Right? So every day after John's birthday, the light gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So like, I want to just encourage you to think about that this Christmas, that Jesus wants to bring his light into your darkness and that, that might not just be a one-day thing, but just like the, the calendar in those days, it's a daily process of more and more light, more and more light, more and more light. So we will be right back to keep this show going with my good friend Darren Seibert, the youth minister over at St. Thomas Aquinas in College Station. We'll be right back to talk to him about how he prepares for Advent and much more. Right, we're back with Forte Catholic live from the Red Sea Radio Studios in St. Mary's Catholic Center in College Station, Texas. It's a great night tonight. It just got real chilly. Um, my buddy Darren Seibert's here is a youth minister over at St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, and I invited him to here today to talk about Advent, talk about how he prepares, that sort of thing. So Darren, why don't you just introduce yourself for those who won't know you?
1: Oh man, I'm so privileged to be here, Taylor. Thanks for having me on. So my name is Darren but I am the youth minister over at St. Thomas Aquinas here in College Station. Uh, as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not from Texas, but I got here as fast as I could. Amen, brother. <laughs> and I'm originally from New Orleans, man. And I moved over here after Katrina, transferred to A&M, got my degree in molecular Cell Biology and went to be a teacher for a while and coached. And then I finally got the call in a ministry two years ago. I was a middle school ministry at St. Thomas Aquinas for a year. And then, Father, Edwin, our old pastor before he had moved on, um, asked me to come on full time back here in June. I've been there ever since. Yeah, yeah. So, molecular biology—it's a pretty typical degree path for uh, for youth ministers, right? It was the plan all along, man. Now, you know how God works. <laughs> he got different plans than what you had figured out for your life. I, I had one direction, and look where I'm at now. You would have thought me this five years ago. I would have told you you were crazy, but. Amen, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Probably might still say that you're crazy, but uh, that's, that's a different subject <laughs> yeah. for a different yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. So uh, so you've been in in ministry for how long now? So I've been, this would be my, I, I volunteered the parish in RCA. I was part of the RSA team. Did some marriage prep. I did children's liturgy, the word, um, all kinds of different things, but full, like part of the church staff. I've this has been my year and a half, I guess. So. Year and a half. That's awesome, half. man. Yeah. So, it's, but it's, you know, so much of what I've learned in the education field applies. It's a, it's just a different type of teaching, a different type of uh of getting the, getting the word out there. But those experiences definitely helped prepare me for where I'm at now, you know, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so how, how long did you coach football, right? I did. How I, long you coach? So I was in Hearn uh, for five years, and then I was a defensive coordinator up there and the head pilot coach. Did a little track, a little baseball, and then I moved over here to College Station High School where I didn't coach. I just taught science classes, a little biology and physics and then um, I started at St. Thomas time full time, so I was at College Station just a year past, and that was recently.
0: So if you ever, if I was you, this is what I would do. Have you ever used that, like in in ministry, that you're also a defensive coordinator? I, absolutely, you're working absolutely. on their defense you know, <laughs> against the dark arts, that yes, sort of thing, yeah,
2: right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, I find myself getting into it sometimes. You know, you go into that teaching coach mode, you know. But uh, it's it, it's so much so much of the experience you get to relate and it's relational ministry is the same thing. I, I look at when I was coaching, I was doing those things to be quite honest. I, I was, I feel like I was a dad to a lot of the kids. I was around and you reached right. out to them um, and I, I, I had no qualms about it. I told them I was Catholic. I told them I love Christ and I spoke about it in the classroom and it was, and kids knew and it was, which was a good thing, you know, and I had, I had teens who'd come talking to the school about, you know, life issues and faith issues. And it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Cause like, I mean, that's the point that you don't have to be in direct ministry to nope. be doing ministry, right? You, you don't, not at all. And that was something I've always really felt called one to go into youth ministry. Um, honestly, so I got a college or something that was, it was a weird thing. It was on my heart and I, I knew God was forming me. It took it took years and I'm glad he did because it made me who I am today to better do what I'm doing. But you definitely could. You can um you can totally get out there and you can preach the word and you can spread his love. And uh, You don't need to be even in a part of the youth ministry program. You need to be on staff and be a volunteer. Just just being present and being available to teens um, in the community is is far enough because ultimately that's what it is. You're being a loving example of who Christ is and when they see that they always want to say well, what do you have? What do you have that, that makes it that makes you kind of who you are. And that's when you get to drop, you know, drop the gospel on. Them. Drop
0: the gospel on them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's my tagline
0: Yeah. Boom. Oh, that's, right, that's right. You've been gospel. <laughs> yeah. So do, do any like like habits from being a coach ever ever come in whenever you're a youth finisher, like their kids are acting up. You're like, get on the line. No, man,
1: it's <laughs> it, it's it's you know, truth to love, right? Truth to love. No. I uh it's it's I, I, it's different, you know, because the coach you can just like, hey, man, we got to get this thing right, you know, and you can say that in so many ways when you're a coach. But you know, in ministry, it's, you got to be loving always and keep that, keep it, you know, keep it with the love part. So it can't always be boom, 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 boom with them, you know. So
0: yeah, one of the one of the guys that I that I coached with, he 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 said something really cool talking to, you know, for basketball, but I applied it to my spiritual life. He said, "We're not going to practice this till we get it right." We're gonna practice it till we don't know how to get it wrong. Yeah, man. And I was like, man, like that's what that's been like my focus this Advent. Like, Amen. oh, it's instead of just like practicing like my prayer or practicing going to mass or be a practicing Catholic, right? I'd like I'm not gonna do it until I get it right once. I'm gonna yeah. do it till I can't get it wrong, oh, right? Absolutely. So speaking of, speaking of your youth ministry and what and what you're doing this this Advent, so I, we we had lunch the other day at Chipotle. Shout yeah. out to Chipotle. They're that's they're awesome. not sponsoring the show, mm-hmm. so just a free plug for them. I saw Deacon Ryan come in. Yeah, great. A, that okay. cool. yeah, that was cool. We had that was a, awesome. a meeting of the minds and me. <laughs> So um, yeah, right. so, uh, so, you've been prepared. You've, you've been put in charge of these young people at St. Thomas Aquinas. So how have you been preparing them this Advent
1: for Christmas? You know, it was something. So this, this semester we've done is we've, we've kind of followed a little mini master type model in our ministry. So we've oh, cool. done four week sessions um, intermingled with some social nights. And we actually just wrapped up a four-week series on mercy. It was kind of fitting as we ended up, ended the Jubilee Year of Mercy. We, we went a little past into the liturgical season of Advent. You
0: didn't hear that mercy's over now? I know, I know, yeah,
1: right? Yeah. It's like, you're yeah, like justice now, right? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we we did a session on this, and we, it, we attacked it from a lot of angles, which is really beautiful to see the teens about how to receive God's mercy, how to give mercy to others, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And and honestly, I think our most powerful night was we talked about the impediments that can happen in receiving God's mercy. And honestly, when you were speaking earlier, these things, I was writing them down. like, this, was, this the we we're talking about was, was shame, was pride and guilt What these things that can stop us from wanting to receive God's mercy. Um, even we know it's always there, this endless fast, but so this last night, um, and I, and I would say we need to, and we would, know, have an Advent wreath. We'd like the Advent wreath and we'd speak about it in middle school ministry as well. But I wanted to really spend some time encouraging our team to dive into the season of advent and so this this past week, our last we ended our last sunday and honestly my schedule the whole year i was planning on doing a christmas social do a christmas mixer it's something fun to get the kids you know as we go out for the break and it was just on my heart all week i was like you know this it's not the direction i want to go so i ended up changing i kind of scrapped my original plan and we we ended up doing a night truly on advent and preparing ourselves um for christmas and reminding reminding ourselves that we're not there yet that the christmas season isn't here yet you know, I told them as Catholics, we love a p- good party. You know, we celebrate Christmas right. for over two weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, we're not there yet though. And we talked about all the things um, within the Christmas season that are good in themselves. The presents and the Christmas tree, light, Christmas lights, all these things that are good, but they all have their background, their roots in Christ and what it was all meant for something. So don't forget that. Don't, don't forget what Santa Claus is about. Don't forget why we give presents and what that's about. Don't forget why we hang Christmas lights and what that's really true reason is. And, um, so wait, why do we hang Christmas lights? I just did it because my neighbors did it. So I, I so uh, my trusty Google search told me. You know, yeah. Like, right? And I, you know, it's like because we're in the darkness and we hang those lights because Jesus Christ is is the light. He's the light in the darkness. So at nighttime, you you put candles in there during Advent season, and now we use obviously electricity and, and lights. And he, he's, he's that light in the darkness for now, us.
0: You might. I mean, I actually put seven hundred candles on top of my house. <laughs> you know, <so> man, <laughs> I, I, you need to be in KBTX, man. That's got to be a yeah. show and stand. I will tell you, I have very good insurance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hook me up with your agent man we're all done okay so i don't know so it was it was really it was a great night and we're encouraging our teens to um and like you said earlier is unfortunately the season where the rest of the world is getting ready for christmas um in, in one way we need to be getting ready for christmas in a different way which is slowing down in a prayerful mindset so i i encouraged them and i and i spoke about the way that what advent you know we, we tailored our discussion on advent is remember the coming of Christ in three ways. Like you kind of mentioned earlier that we, we celebrate his first coming. We, we remember that day and we celebrate that day. So we prepare for that. And that's kind of what we always think of, but we also should be preparing for Christ in our hearts every single day. So what are you doing right now? And I prepare your, in your hearts for the coming of Christ, like the, building that relationship with him and then preparing for his second coming. So what are you doing? I have to ask him I straight up, you know, if he came tomorrow, are you ready? So are we ready for that? And we encourage him, you know, go to reconciliation, you know, go to dependent service. I think Thomas Quan is happening tonight, um, this one tomorrow night as well in, in uh, deanery. Go to confession, prepare your hearts, be ready for the coming. So you're skipping confession to be here? Is that the thing? Uh yeah I mean no of course not no I may I may go on the way back home and go stop by so oh, they'll, they'll be there for a little while <laughs> you so. might have to uh, after I, I, the oh, show man, <laughs> like,
3: man
1: rough crowd tough crowd uh forgive me Father if I have <laughs> sinned I hung out with
0: some bad people today <laughs> fourth day Catholic I <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <kind of. laughs>
1: no it's a privilege man it's a privilege yeah cool
0: so you know like you're not just a youth minister you're a, a husband and a father too right I how many kids do you have
1: I have. Two, well, three. I'm a, my my. I have a four year old. I have a two year old, and my third will be due here in a couple of weeks, actually. So praise God, man. Uh, three girls, all girls. So everyone out there, listening please pray for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Did you do the typical thing and like on the day they're born, you just go to the gun shop buy a shotgun? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> for
1: that first boyfriend. I'm gonna yeah. just, just keep bringing around all the the sisters around here, at Saint Mary's, and hopefully you know one of them will go that direction. Yeah, Jesus. So. you
0: gotta you, got, you, got you got like one in three shot with yeah, each other. Exactly, right, exactly, right? right. So so you have a four, a two, and I have I have two kids. They're four and
1: yeah. two. They should be. Friends. They should be yeah. friends. We need to hang out, man. I'll Tell you, we that. do. We do. Uh, we, we, ministry is busy, man. You know that. We, man. T-
0: we typically just hang out by ourselves, get <laughs> away from everybody. <laughs> it's just two of us. I have a moment. Like, okay, <laughs> we yeah. <are> do. <laughs> Let's go have Chipotle real quick. <laughs>
1: so, so
0: how have you? How have you? We talked about ministry. How have you been? Like been preparing your family f- for, for Advent with the, with a the four and the two-year-old? Because I know yep. there's a lot of people listening, like myself myself included. Like, okay, I get how to prepare like a teenager. I've been ministering sure. forever. Absolutely. How do you prepare a four and a
1: two-year-old it, and, 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 and like you as a family for for four Christmas in this Advent season? You know, I, I'm from New Orleans, so growing up in a New Orleans is a very Catholic town. And I grew up Catholic. Um, I went to Catholic school pretty much, kind of off and on. But it was one of those things I tell people all the time is like I I'd, I'd had no connection with my faith at all. Yeah, it was like culturally Catholic. It's kind of the way I try to phrase it. Is everybody's Catholic, so kind of like nobody's Catholic. You know what I mean? It's, it's we just kinda of go through the motions. We didn't really pray at home. We didn't do these things. And I remember growing up, Advent was like, oh, we got the reef, we got the candles, right? We do the thing, awesome. We didn't pray or anything like that. And everything built up to Christmas. You know, we had the parties, we had the presents, we did all this stuff. And then on Christmas Day, we're all sitting around looking at each other and like everything's closed. And like, I hated it. Like, it was like, this is, this is, this is like miserable. I'm sitting around not doing anything all day in Christmas. And as, as I've gotten my own family, I'm like, that is the absolute opposite of what I want my children to realize. You know, I want, I want things to build a Christmas day. And then I want us truly to celebrate this day with all the festivity that we possibly can and celebrate the rest of the season. So we have our Advent wreath, you know, I have the kids, they, we light the candle before meal and um, they have their little placemats. It's got the little four candles they can color in. Like, you know, the candle light each day, orange and yellow, and we can erase it, you know? And then, uh, so I, I try to tell them about the season and honestly, me and my wife have kind of made a conscious effort to, we, we didn't put a ton of decorations out. We've got a couple of lights up right now. Um, we haven't put a lot of presents out yet either. Trying to really focus on them is that we're getting ready for Christmas this time of season and keep reminding them of well, what's coming up, what's coming up, what's coming up. And I have the privilege to meet so many great, amazing Catholic families at St. Thomas Aquinas. And I I, I tell them, like, you know, what, what do y'all do? What's what's your cool family traditions you do to keep your kids in the spirit, you know? And I've heard so many awesome things about, you know, they put the manger scenes out and they all put baby Jesus in in the morning and some typical things. But uh, one of the things that we're going to, we, and I haven't done before, we're going to do it this year is we're going to go ahead and get a cake on Christmas Eve and we're going to sing happy birthday to Jesus on Christmas Day. Oh, there you go. So, you know, something to truly get them to remember the moment of what it's all about. And uh, we we wait to open our presents until we get home from mass on Christmas. You know, we tell them, you know, Jesus is gonna get his first, and we'll come back and get ours. <laughs> you know, so uh, but dad,
0: he's yeah. been getting presents for two thousand years. <laughs> he could wait.
1: Like, he only got three. You know, so you get it. So I mean, he got gold though. I, don't I think know he that's get right. Your daughters or, any that's, gold. That's right. That's right. That's right. Can we wrap a bunch of them in one box? Mur, that's mm-hmm. what. That's all I want for Christmas. Yes. Yes. I'm hoping my frankincense in my stocking. <laughs> uh, so it, it's it's not it's not crazy things. We just try to ultimately continue to talk to them about what's coming up and that um now what the season is all about you know what it's really truly the birth of christ and then we're you know once christmas hits on december 25th you tell, we, this is when it starts you know so we keep our decorations up up you know all the way to epiphany and and keep everything going and keep the celebration happening and still tell them it's a christmas season and keep celebrating this thing because um it's it's truly an amazing amazing season that we can celebrate not just a day
0: yeah, we got to keep propagating that, that stereotype that Catholics are lazy by not taking our lights
1: exactly, down for like a month after exactly, Christmas, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so keep it up. Like, we're going to put more out after yeah. Christmas Day.
2: It started, what guys. What is wrong here. with that guy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing this whole week? Uh, so it's, it's, it's simple stuff, and um, and it's nothing crazy, but really trying to keep them them keep in a season. Keep them in a season of Advent. Know that we're preparing our hearts, preparing ourselves. For the day, and then celebrate that day for a couple of weeks. Tell them this: this is Christmas time. It's not. It's not over yet. You know, keep the Christmas music playing. Keep keep the old Come On, Come and Samuel night playing in the house, and keep it going. I'll come come, d- is done. <laughs> <laughs> after come, come is done after Christmas. Come On, Come is done. I saw a tweet the other day, somebody saying.
0: uh, that like Oklahoma Come, Come Manuel is making me ready for Christmas, not in the way that it's supposed to. It's just making me not want to hear that song <laughs> anymore, right? I love that. That's song. one
1: of my jams, man. Yeah. I love that one. I love oh, it's it. great.
0: We played on the show a couple weeks ago. So um so to, to just kind of wrap up, we talked about your ministry, we talked about your family. What about you, man? Like what are you doing personally to prepare yourself um in this advent season? <laughs>
1: uh, uh. it's it's like you ask that question you know gosh what what have i been doing (laughs) what what, what has been what has been good for me like i know and you start immediately reflecting oh i should have done so much more like exactly what you're talking about earlier you just kind of start beating yourself up already about it Um, but i i think about it in terms of the three things we're looking forward to christ coming so first off we're celebrating you know his birthday we're celebrating christmas day and i've truly truly been trying to keep my focus on that like not getting bogged down and running around like crazy during the season and trying to stay in a prayerful setting and um keeping keeping my sense in Advent, you know, we can get so caught up, like you said, running around from party to party and hanging decorations and getting presents and doing all these things. And you just, it, it's the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be slowing down and repairing our hearts. And I made a conscious effort, me, and my wife, and our family to do that, is to really slow down. Um, and then daily, you know, preparing for Christ coming daily and trying to really have a renewal of my prayer life. You know, I have, I had a, like everybody else, it ebbs and flows. I've had some dark moments um, lately, just. Keeping that prayer life going when our life goes busy, because unfortunately, as we all know, that's usually the first thing that goes when we get busy. Yeah, right. You can stay, you know, you can keep everything else going, unfortunately, and that's like the one thing, and, and that's the thing we need the most of. So I've tried to make a conscious effort during during this season to get into my prayer life. I'm a big fan of the Divine Office, Liturgy of the Hours. Um, I enjoy morning prayer and evening prayer and night prayer. So I love to say I do it every day on the dot, and I don't, but I've been trying to make an effort, especially in morning prayer, because I, I find my day starts exponentially better when I start off for morning prayer. So, trying to invite Christ in my life every day, and then uh, preparing for His second coming. So, you know, going to confession. So, I'm planning on going to confession for Christmas, get myself, my heart, and my soul, clean and ready, so that we can celebrate that day in its fullest potential. You know, so.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we, we, you know this isn't
1: confession, right? You don't I have do, to confess I, the, your sin on the, on the air. No absolution, man? Come on. No, I, I can't do that.
0: I can't do that. I, I can try my best. I don't think it'll work, though. <laughs> so uh, what, what is your like, favorite Christmas tradition? So this is our last show before Christmas. We're talking about Advent. So like, what are you looking forward to most about Christmas Day?
1: Like I said, growing up, Christmas Day was always the worst. You know, we did all our parties and everything. Like, you know, you tore through the presents. Everything was done by Christmas Day, and I was always so bored, and I didn't stand it because, I, you know, I wasn't connected to my faith at all and to Jesus and God. So, looking forward to now on Christmas Day. I'm, I, we usually travel. You know, I'm from New Orleans. My wife's from Boston. So, we've... What a combo. I, I tell you, man, <laughs> the, uh, the, the dialogue's crazy in our house sometimes, though. But we, we would travel either to Boston for Christmas or to New Orleans for Christmas, and this this year we've made a conscious effort we said we're not going to travel we're going to stay home for christmas and we're going to um try to do something with our family and let our let our children wake up at christmas morning in our house so i I honestly am really looking forward to um, my kids waking up um we're going to we're going to read the bible story we're going to read the the christmas excuse me the christmas story from luke go to mass at 10 o'clock and then come back and open presents and we're going to cook a big meal like i'm so excited for this day of 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 prayer and of time with my family that we can spend it together. Cause it's like, I love, I love visiting my family truly, but we haven't had that. It's different when you're waking up in a hotel, you're waking up at your grandparents' house. Yeah, Christmas for sure. morning, When you get that time where you can just focus on what it's all about. And I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. Creating those new traditions, those is.
1: new family traditions. Absolutely. So. And somebody with a young family, that's exciting. You know, you get yeah. to kind of put your mark in you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so we're, we're wrapping up here. How can we stay connected to you? How can we get
1: involved with in your ministry? Why don't you share a little bit of, about where you are on the internets? Oh, yeah. So St. Thomas Aquinas, we have, we're on Instagram. You can check us out at um, STAY underscore L-T. Um, so it's, it's not an I, it's LT. Uh, we have a Facebook account. It's um, s.t.a.y. So it's Stay is our youth group. We're St. Thomas Aquinas youth. Check us out on there. And then we're at St. Thomas Aquinas website. It's stabcs.org. And if you look on there on the formation tab, you can see it's uh, linked to Stay in Cornerstone, which is our middle school program. We put all our information up there and we love to have all your support and uh, we appreciate all your prayers and everything that the community's done for us so far.
0: Sweet. Well, thanks, Darren, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you. Uh, Well, uh, have a Merry Christmas, man. Same to you, man. Thank
1: you so much for having me, man. It's been a blast. God bless, brother. You too, bro.
0: Segment of today's fourth take Catholic Radio. I am your host Taylor Schroll. It's been a good show today. Uh, we we've had a, a good a good season of Advent with some some great guests and including Darren Siever today. I want to thank him for coming out. That was a that was a, that was a great interview. He's a great man. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know him over the last year and a half or so that that he's been in ministry here in the same town. So um, what I want to do now is to to move into a, a segment about about a, a couple of songs. I love I love advent advent music. I love Christmas music, and we talked a couple of weeks ago, and we actually did O Come, o Emanuel Come, talked about that. Talked about those lyrics. If you've missed any of the shows and want to go back, all the shows are on iTunes, uh, a podcast on iTunes. They're on on SoundCloud as well. If you go to www. Forte Catholic F O R T E Catholic. dot com slash radio. You can see the show. You can find out how to subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on on SoundCloud. Um, and the show's been growing. I've been getting good response there. But if you could help me out, like the, like those, comment on them on iTunes. That'll help the visibility of the show. I'd appreciate that. So. A couple weeks ago, we listened to a Come and Come, Emmanuel, kind of dived into those lyrics and, and uh, looked at, at, um, at what the lyrics actually mean. Because I think a lot of times with, with any song, we either don't listen to the lyrics or we kind of forget or you know, we, we have heard the song so often that we just don't pay attention to the lyrics. So I want to do a, a song today that you might not have heard before. It's a relatively new song uh, from the Passion Worship Band. Uh, a guy named Kristen Stanfill leads this one. Uh, they're a great, uh, a great worship team that comes together every year for for some young adult conferences. Some of the greatest uh, worship leaders in the nation, and this is one of their songs they did at their, conf- their at their passion conference uh, recently. And I, we were looking. There's this joke about "O Come and Come Emmanuel" amongst people who play music for mass. That uh, there aren't really many Advent songs. There's "O Come and Come Emmanuel" and maybe uh, "King Glory" every now and then, but. Uh, O Come, O Come, kind of the joke is that we'll play the first two verses for the opening hymn. We'll play the third and fourth verses for the offertory hymn. We'll play five and six for uh, communion, and then seven and eight for uh, closing hymn. And that's, that's all your hymns for, uh, for every, every day in Advent. So we found this, this song, this contemporary song by Passion, um, that I want to play for you now because it's, it, it has become my new favorite Advent song. So we're going to go ahead and play it for you. So tune into the words, and then we'll talk about it after the song is over.
2: Is coming soon. Call back the sin, wake up the saint. Let every nation shout of your fame. Yes. Jesus is coming
0: So that is Christian Stanfill from Passion with Even So Come. And I, and I love these lyrics because it, it really speaks to me in a way that like only really old Come and Come Emmanuel had. So I just got a new song and it's, and it's fantastic. So it starts off saying that all of creation, all of the earth makes straight a highway, a path for the Lord because Jesus is coming soon. And it, like a lot of, so the first reading of, of Advent this year, the first gospel on, on Sunday was about John the Baptist and how he... His job was to be a voice crying out in the desert, preparing the way of the Lord, preparing this highway, a path for the Lord, because Jesus was coming, right? Like Jesus was coming, like his first time. That was John's job, to to prepare people, to to, to prepare people's hearts, it's a hard sentence for me to say apparently, to prepare people's hearts for this Savior, this Messiah that was coming for them. And, and he, he did that by preaching. He did that by, um, by sharing his life and, and by sharing um, God's heart with people. And so for me, I've been really encouraged and, and kind of built up in this Advent season. Like, okay, what is my role in being like John the Baptist today? Like how, what am I supposed to do to prepare this highway, to make this highway, this path for people to come to Jesus? To prepare to meet him in a in a a special way in their hearts, first, and then to prepare them for for the for for the end for the coming of, of Christ a second time, but like more importantly, so like and I want to ask that same question to you, like what is your role this Advent with your maybe it's with your neighbors or with your coworkers or with your family as you're getting together for for Christmas time, like how can you help prepare other people? during this Advent season. We just talked to Darren about how, you know, sometimes it's hard. It's hard with, with coworkers, but there's, there's ways to do it. There's ways to, to, to share the light of Christ, the, the joy of this Christmas season with people, not just in a ministry setting, but in, in your everyday life. And then my, my probably my favorite line is the beginning of the second verse. It says, call back the sinner, wake up, wake up the saint." Because this is what we've been talking about in just like my personal journey through Advent and mentioned a little bit that like, man, we need this time. God built in this time for us to renew our own relationship with God. Like call back the sinner. Like, hey, man, like no matter, like, first of all, we're all sinners, right? <laughs> so it's not like, it's not like I'm saying I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. Like I'm both. We're all both. We're all, like all a saint means is a holy one. Somebody who's, who is set apart for God. And like by who we are and who our Creator is, like we're all called to be saints. Like Paul in one of his letters, he calls the worst church like this. This like, imagine be, like modern day Vegas. You're writing a letter to them, and he calls them saints. It's not necessarily like he could have just you know, brought down the hammer. And was like, oh, you're the worst, you group group of sinners. He's like, no, he calls them saints because number one, it's who we are, and it's who we're called to continually grow. To be so in this Advent season, calling back the sinner and waking up the saint, like even like starting within yourself, like wake waking up, right? Like so often we just kind of get lulled to sleep um, spiritually. There's just things too much going on, or we're stressed out, and we're just kind of lulled to sleep. It's like we need to awake this this waking giant within ourselves, within our church, and then the the chorus, you know, like a bride waiting for her groom will be a church ready for you. And I I thought about this, like I've never been a bride before. It's probably not anything I'll ever be, but I was thinking about like, every time I sing this song, I think about my wedding and how much I was looking forward to it, right? It's like, am I looking forward to Christmas, for Christmas? Am I looking forward to Jesus coming again? Am I prepared for that? As excited and prepared as I was for my wedding day. And if the answer is no, like we talked about earlier, it's not a time to beat yourself up, but it's a time to recognize like, hey, I need to move forward in this. And then in the end, when Jesus does come back, that third verse, there will be justice and all will be new. God's name forever, faithful and true. Like, there, this, this is a season of hope where we're looking forward to Jesus coming back. Like, whenever he comes back, we talked about Revelation earlier in the first segment. Man, like, he's going to come back and there's going to be no more tears and we're all just going to be with him. So um, we're going to look at at another song that I heard the other day that was just – that was – I i 'm not a crier. I totally started tearing up whenever whenever I heard this song. It's this girl on this uh on some kind of uh talent show. Her name is So Hayang I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but it's this beautiful rendition of "Oh Holy Night." and I know it's not Christmas yet. This is the last sh- sh- uh, show before Christmas, but I think this song in particular is one of the best hymns at like merging advent into christmas time so we're going to play it here for you in just a second and man it's going to blow you away this girl's amazing so let's go ahead and get that song going you ready for Christmas. I don't know what will. Every time I hear that, I get chills. That rhymed. I didn't even mean for that to rhyme. I sound like I'm writing a night before Christmas. So it's not the night before Christmas, but it's we're not too far away. So just from all your friends here at Forte Catholic, from myself, my family, from Jake, our producer, from all of us here at Red Sea Radio, I just want to to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Have a great last couple of days of Advent and really enjoy this time with with your family. And I hope that Jesus comes for you in a very special way. So So until next time, this has been Forte Catholic. See ya!